to the Australian Rotary Health Podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid. I'm Jessica Cooper and joining us on episode 39 is Dr. Edith Holloway from the Australian Centre for Behavioural Research in Diabetes. Australian Rotary Health awarded an Ian Scott PhD scholarship to Edith from 2013 to 2016 for her project called Managing Depression Within Low Vision Rehabilitation Services the effectiveness of integrating an evidence-based therapy, problem-solving therapy for primary care on depression, quality of life and service utilisation in those with low vision. This research was conducted at the University of Melbourne. Edith is now a research fellow at the ACBRD and has worked across a range of chronic conditions, including oncology, diabetes and eye health. Her principal research interests focus on the implementation of evidence-based interventions into practice to improve health services across a range of chronic physical health problems. Edith has developed novel methods and outcomes for evaluating the delivery, implementation and sustainability of such interventions in practice. So welcome to the podcast, Edith. It's, It's great to have you here today. How's everything been going for you? Very well, Jessica, and thank you for having me today. I'm delighted to join the podcast today. Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to yeah getting into some of that research that you did in your PhD. Um, I know that, yeah, five, five years have now passed um, since you completed that PhD, and, and I can see that looking at chronic health and how that interplays with mental health is, is still an area of interest um, for you in your research. I guess, could you tell us a bit about what you've been up to since completing your PhD um, back in 2016? Um, absolutely, Jessica. Um, so following the submission of my PhD, um, I worked quite closely with Vision Australia in the implementation of problem-solving therapy into practice. Um, and a big part of my PhD project was to explore some of those contextual factors, factors. so the, I guess the barriers and the enablers to implementation of this intervention, you know, delivered in the real world by eye health professionals. Um, so a big part of the work that followed looked at how we could address some of these barriers. Um, and it was actually around that time that um, unfortunately the Centre for Eye Research where I conducted my PhD decided to focus on basic and clinical science um, and unfortunately our unit which um, conducted research into I guess the behavioural and the psychological aspects of eye health um, was no longer re- retained um, and I guess in a sense it wasn't um, too so bad for me because I was about to go on maternity leave with my second child Um, But it wasn't long into my maternity leave um, that I was approached by the Australian Centre for Behavioural Research in Diabetes, um, so the ACBRD, um, who we had previously collaborated with um, to undertake some research for them um, and where I've since remained. Um, And I'm really delighted as my PhD work um, has actually carried over to the ACBRD And we are currently piloting a similar brief low intensity model of problem solving therapy, um, which 
we're looking to deliver um, by telehealth, um, which as you can imagine in the age of COVID-19 is um, you know, fairly important um, by trained diabetes health professionals. Um, and I'm really hoping that we can secure the funding needed to roll this out nationally through the National Diabetes Services Scheme um, to ensure that up to 1.4 million Australians registered with the, um, the scheme have access to this service. It sounds like you're doing some great work now. And, and is that sort of focusing on, on the mental health of people with diabetes? It is, absolutely. Um, uh, as with, you know, um, uh, people with vision, low vision. Um, so with low vision, um, around one in three adults will experience depressive symptoms, which is quite high. It's much higher than the general population. And a further 10% will experience major depressive disorder. Um, you know, vision, vision loss has a huge impact on a person's life and it affects every aspect from driving, shopping, reading, um, doing simple everyday tasks, um, you know, and as you can imagine, depression can further decrease functioning for a person with vision loss, and it can also make them less likely to take up rehabilitation and support services, which is really um, critical to their mental health. Um, and similarly with diabetes, you know, um, up to one in two um, adults with diabetes may experience psychological distress, so that might be depression, anxiety, diabetes-specific dis uh, distress. Um, so it's, it's really important to, to be able to provide not, not only the, um, obviously, the care um, for the physical aspects of diabetes, but also the emotional aspects. Yeah, yeah, it, it sounds like, um, yeah, across a lot of different chronic conditions, there are problems with mental health as well. So I guess it's really important Absolutely. To, to address both. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know, um, like, yeah, you, you did specifically focus on depression in, in people with low vision and, and you were just saying before that depression is, is quite common for people with eyesight. I, I guess what sort of led you to pursue this particular area of research? Um, well, I since I completed my honours in psychology, I've always had um, a keen interest in health psychology and the impact of chronic conditions on mental health. Um, and I worked initially in... Um, Cancer for the um, uh, uh, Center for Behavioral Research in Cancer for a number of years. Um, and I recall that a, a Beyond Blue funded project came up at the Center for Eye Research Australia, um, which was around detecting depression in people with low vision. Um, and I was really interested in this, um, this position um, and I was fortunate enough to um, get the role and I was really excited to take up the research project which involved training eye health professionals, so allied health professionals, in using a, a simple and brief tool, um, the P patient health questionnaire, um, it's a two item version, um, to screen for depressive symptoms in people with low vision. Um, but I guess importantly, however, you know, while detection of mental health problems is a critical first step, um, it's also, you know, I also wanted to ensure that support was available to people with low vision if they did screen positive for depressive symptoms. Um, and that's really how my PhD evolved. And I, I've, you know, I've continued to um, maintain a really keen interest in the upskilling of non-specialist mental health workforce to provide low intensity mental health support. Um, not obviously intended to replace, you know, formal mental health support, 
that um, you would receive from a psychologist or a mental health professional, but to provide that early intervention and prevention um, services. Um, and, and I'm currently, you know, I'm really excited to be training diabetes health professionals to provide um, the brief problem solving therapy to people with diabetes. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like very important work. And yeah, something that, um, yeah, other allied, allied health professionals, um, yeah, should be aware of, you know, when they're seeing their patients. So yeah. Really yeah. Cool. So for your for your PhD, um, the actual design of it, um, what, what sort of aims or hypotheses were you um, hoping to kind of answer, like when you went about um, doing your PhD? Um, so I guess um, the overall um, uh, aim of my project was to evaluate um, the feasibility. Um, and effectiveness and cost effectiveness of um, integrating uh, low intensity um, mental health um, program into low vision services. Um, so I used a combination of mixed methods. So that is both qualitative and quantitative techniques to evaluate my research aim. Um, and I had, I had three key objectives. Um, so the first objective was really just to explore the feasibility and acceptability of eye health professionals delivering problem-solving therapy in this setting. So we wanted to know, you know, was it um, possible to train um, allied health professionals in this intervention and would um, people with low vision find this acceptable? Um, so 20 health um, allied health professionals were trained in the delivery of problem-solving therapy under the supervision of a clinical psychologist. And I conducted a pre-post intervention pilot study with Vision Australia clients. And we asked some questions about their satisfaction with the intervention, um, as well as investigating some preliminary outcomes such as their level of depression or depressive symptoms and quality of life. And I also looked at um, the fidelity. So, um, how long it would take to train allied health professionals, how many sessions, um, how many um, uh, training cases they would need to work with and whether they could deliver the intervention with fidelity, which was really important. The second objective of my PhD project was to investigate the effectiveness and the cost effectiveness of this integrated model um, for reducing depression or depressive symptoms at six month follow-up. And I also wanted to look at whether these um, benefits could be sustained at 12 months. Um, so I hypothesised that compared to those that received usual care alone, so that, so that was just a referral to their GP um, and, you know, information or um, fact sheets or leaflets about depression, um, such as Beyond Blue resources, um, whether those people who received the usual care um, so participants in the intervention group, I hypothesise that they would report significantly fewer depressive symptoms at the six month follow up and that this would be uh, maintained at 12 months. Um, and I, this objective was evaluated uh, using a two arm pragmatic randomised control trial um, with surveys administered pre post intervention and its six and 12 month follow up. I also had a third uh, objective, and, I, and for me, this was really quite critical because um, it's all very well to gather the evidence to show that this intervention is effective, um, but how does it actually work in practice in the real world? 
So I wanted to examine the barriers and the enablers to the delivery of problem-solving therapy in practice and to look at what factors were really important um, for the sustainability of this model of care. Um, and for this objective, I drew on the REAIM framework, which is really widely used, and it provides a structure for assessing health interventions beyond efficacy, and it focuses on transferability into real-world settings. Um, so qualitative individual semi-structured interviews were conducted with the eye health professionals who delivered the intervention, as well as key stakeholders across the organisation, because we know that um, barriers can arise at multiple um, levels and systems. So it's really important to get perspectives um, and opinions from a broad range of people that are involved in implementation. Yeah, well, it sounds like, yeah, you definitely had a lot of research questions there and, you know, things that you could go about answering. And I guess, what did you end up finding in your research? Uh, well, it, it was um, really quite um, encouraging because the results from my PhD project showed that eye health professionals were able to competently deliver the brief low-intensity problem-solving therapy intervention um, and also that this was acceptable to um, people with low vision who received the intervention. Um, I also found that the integrated model was effective for reducing depressive symptoms um, at the six month follow up and these benefits were also maintained at one year follow up. We also saw improvements in quality of life at six months, which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and the model was cost effective um, for the organisation. So from Vision Australia's perspective, um, what we did find though was that four to six sessions was um, a little bit long for some of the participants for various reasons. Um, and, you know, one of the main ones was that they picked up the problem solving skills really quickly and they didn't find they needed so many sessions. Um, and in my current work, we are currently piloting a briefer version um, in diabetes support services where we're offering people with diabetes up to four sessions. So anywhere between one and four sessions. Um, and that seems to be going really well. And I guess one of the critical things, um, and it's also, I think, probably quite obvious that ongoing support and training for the eye health professionals was identified as a really key factor for sustainability. Yeah, well, it sounds like there were some really positive findings there. And um, I, I guess, yeah, how do you absolutely. think that this is helping real people who experience chronic conditions such as, as low vision and diabetes? Um, yeah, absolutely. So the eye health professionals who were trained in the problem solving intervention, um, they're continuing to use this in practice with uh, low vision clients. Um, because in addition to being an evidence based psychological intervention, problem solving treatment is a really practical based approach and it teaches people a very structured way to address challenges in their life. Um, problem solving interventions are particularly useful for people with chronic conditions um, as it's a positive and constructive way of coping. Um, hence the reason why we are currently piloting this brief evidence-based program in diabetes support services um, with the view of making this accessible to the 1.4 million Australians with diabetes who are registered with the National Diabetes Services Scheme. Mm. That sounds, yeah, like such important work and it's good that that is now out there available to people, um, yeah, when, when they're accessing those types of services and, 
Yeah, I guess for Absolutely. anyone as well who, who may have a chronic health condition, um, who might be experiencing mood disorders such as depression, do you have any tips on where they might be able to find help? Um, so I guess mental and physical health is still somewhat segregated in Australia. And I think we still have some way to go to enhancing collaborative care models. Um, we've, we've identified in previous re research that often individuals with chronic conditions wish to receive emotional support from their health professionals. Um, but, you know, as we know, health, professional, health professionals are not always equipped in terms of the level of training, confidence and time to provide emotional support. Um, so a good, a good starting point is to speak to a trusted health professional, such as a GP, about how you're feeling. And they can tell you if you're eligible for a mental health treatment plan to reduce the costs of seeing a psychologist or a psychiatrist. You can also access useful educational and self-help resources that are available through you know, organisations such as Beyond Blue and Head to Health, uh, which is a digital mental health gateway. Um, and also get in touch with relevant organisations um, specific to your chronic condition as they um, often they run peer support groups, which can provide a really supportive environment to talk about how you're feeling with others um, that may be going through what you are. Um, and, and of course, you know, talk to family and friends if you feel comfortable doing so and tell them how you're feeling because no one should have to go through this alone. Yeah. Well, thank you for providing that advice. I'm sure, yeah, it'd be very helpful for, for anyone who might be listening who has, you know, a mental health problem. So thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Um, our, our, our Rotary audience, um, they, they mostly raise money for Australian Rotary Health Mental Health Research. And um, that's, yeah, that's where most of our donations come from. Um, I guess, could you tell us what kind of impact did their support have on your research career personally? Um, I, I'm extremely grateful to Australian Rotary Health for their generous support. Um, I guess on a practical level, as a PhD student with a family and financial commitments, uh, the Ian Scott Mental Health Scholarship provided me with financial support that allowed me to actually undertake a PhD. Um, from a professional perspective, it's, you know, it's a very prestigious award that is looked on favourably by grant funding bodies and employers. And I, I believe that it has made me more competitive when applying for funding through organisations such as the National Health and Medical Research Council. I also feel on a personal note, the support from Australian Rotary Health gave me the confidence in my research project um, and that it was really a valuable area to undertake research. Yeah. I guess, do you have anything to add as well about the importance of continuing to fund mental health research in Australia? Um, look, I think it's absolutely critical and I, I believe that COVID-19 has pushed mental health higher up the research agenda, um, as we've seen with the Royal Commission into Victoria's mental health system. Um, and I, th I think that developing innovative service delivery models to ensure that the wider population have equitable access to care is so important. Um, in particular, research into low intensity services and how we can expand these um, are very much needed. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, yeah, well, it has been really great to talk to you about your research today. It's obviously, yes, yeah, such a very important area and, and mental health is, is something that affects a lot of people with chronic conditions. So it's, yeah, it's very important work that, that you've done in your PhD and, and what you're continuing to do now. So thank you so much again. And um, I guess before we wrap up today, was there anything that you would like to add? Uh, look, no, I think that was all. I'm, I'm, thanks very much, Jessica, for the opportunity to come and speak about my research. And, um, you know, I feel very grateful for, for the funding and the support that Australian Rotary Health has provided me with. Yeah, no worries. Well, thank you so much again, Edith. Thanks, Jessica. Take care. All the best. You too. That was the 39th episode of our podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid. It is always so inspiring to hear what researchers in Australia are doing to make a difference to mental health and how they are helping us on our mission to lift the lid on mental illness. If you can, please support important mental health research like Edith's by donating on the Australian Rotary Health website. Thank you for listening. Please join us again next time. Thank you.